Hey team, my lockdown trick shot is an absolute beauty. I'm gonna pop the top on that delicious Brick Lane Pale Ale. Let's do it. Hello and welcome back to Rugby Connection Presents The Final Whistle. Now, usually with The Final Whistle, we talk to players because they get interviewed after The Final Whistle. But this week's guest has done some interviews after The Final Whistle. He is most known in the UK for his brilliant Rugby HQ top fives. He still entertains Australia and Southern Hemisphere countries every week with between the... between two posts pod and <laughs> presenter of Stan Sports, it is the legend Sean Maloney. Sean, how are we getting on? Do you know what? It's easy to stumble on the between two sticks, between two posting, because I was I was against that as the name of the show, but producer Ollie, who's from the UK, sort of dug in and said, "No, this is the way we're going, mate. I'm I'm well, and we're we're up and running with that show and a few other bits and pieces and." Super Rugby's flying at the moment, so but life couldn't be better on the rugby front. We are flying at the moment. Yeah, great to see. I mean, you were kind of the first to come back during when the world stopped down down under. We we were all waiting to watch rugby. You got full capacity, and now the tides have turned. There's not many crowds yeah. down under. We get full capacity, so. Mate, it's been a um, it's been a crazy time. Like I think back to when it all came undone. I was at that time doing the seven circuit with World Rugby, so we had done that double the USA LA sevens up to Vancouver uh, early March 2020. Then came home and then made a week later, our prime minister had shut the borders and all bets were off. So it uh, it came on end very quickly. But it's nice now to be able to do it domestically and and start looking ahead to some potential test matches, obviously, uh, around the world for Wallabies fans as well. Yeah, fingers crossed, because I know, especially Scotland fans, we didn't get our summer tour last year. We did get the autumn, so we definitely got that. But we do like to go away for the summer and come down to use and get a bloody good three-match test series. Yeah, well, I know that I know that the autumn series went ahead okay because you beat us. I, I was I was commentating that game. I know exactly what went okay for you uh, in Scotland because we got comprehensively beaten in that Scotland game. But uh, yeah, no, and just keeping an eye, like looking ahead to July as well. We've always got England coming down here, and Ireland are off to NZ. I think Wales might be hosting. Sorry, South Africa rather might be hosting Wales. So it'll be awesome when July rolls around as well. Yeah, can't wait. It's just nice to get up early and watch some rugby. Yeah, see, I've often wondered what it's like to have breakfast rugby in your corner of the globe. It's not something that we've ever been afforded because when test matches are being played at Murrayfield or Twickenham, it's like one and three and four in the morning here, and it's terrible. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of know what you, how you experience that because um, I watch a lot of American sports as well, so that's getting up. At, one, two o'clock in the morning and trying to power through it. It's, it's not easy. The breakfast it's not rugby, easy. The breakfast rugby down under is so much easier. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Sky Sports UK have just picked up the rights to Super Rugby recently as well. So that's uh, that's all off and moving again. So you can I mean you can get a full on fix on a what would it be for you guys? A Friday morning Friday morning. Naff off Friday, work. Friday just, morning. 
Saturday. I just watch rugby all morning. Yeah, Friday morning, Saturday morning mm-hmm. to the afternoon, and maybe the one on Sunday, depending. Perfect. Absolutely. Um, what actually got you into rugby as just the general sport, Sean? Uh, good question. Uh, my dad was a my dad was a big big rugby rugby guy, and he played at the local club, played down at Manly here on Sydney's Northern Beaches. So he was kind of the driving force into that. And then post him playing, he started helping out managing a few teams. So my Saturday afternoons, from the age of God, like seven or eight through till thirteen, was at the local club chasing footies round, hanging out as a ball boy and, you know, idolising just guys at a local level. And then obviously that sort of spawned into uh, Wallabies and and adoring them. And it just, made it's been that way ever since. So that's, yeah, what, well over 30 years now that I've been uh, into rugby and I've got the old man to thank for it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I got introduced to rugby uh, by my dad. I didn't have a clue what rugby was, and then I seen it on the telly, and I was like, I really want to do this. But the age I wanted to play, you weren't allowed to tackle or anything. So it was just touch. Mm. No, this isn't for me. I want to do what the big boys on TV are doing. So I didn't start till I was about 13, and then I got proper stuck into it. So, yeah, and now it's addictive. <laughs> Mate, it's, a, uh, it's funny you say that because it's obviously the same here. I, whilst being into rugby and spending my afternoons, at rugby, my parents held me back and didn't uh, have me play until I would have been 12. So it was soccer up until that stage. And then uh, they let me loose. So it, um, yeah, it, it seems to serve me well as well. So it's not, I'm glad that I got into it when I got into it. But uh, yeah, no, I've been a fan for a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, it's just the best sport in the world, isn't it? It is. It really yeah. is. I mean, it is. <laughs> What actually got you into more the media side of rugby then? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I was, uh, I always knew what I wanted to do and I knew where I wanted to, to get to in terms of uh, the commentary and presenting as well. I was playing over in Italy in 2007 and in the break in between coming back to Oz before going back to Rovigo for another stint had been hammering away at Fox Sports who at that stage were the rights holders of rugby. And I just wanted to get in somewhere, somewhere, anywhere. I didn't care what it was doing, but wanted to learn what happened in the background. So the production side of things more than the commentary. So that I knew what was required to make good TV, what made things tick and how it all came together. So mate, that was 07. I started in the newsroom there at Fox and then a couple of years after that, made a jump into producing rugby, so 09. And then uh, I think I called my first, I think I called my first super rugby game in 2012. It was, it was Brumbies v the Cheetahs down in Canberra. And then it just sort of snowballed from there. It all started to generate a lot of pace. And uh, and now I get to do it for a living, which is just, mate, it's, it's just unreal. It's a dream. That sounds perfect. It really does. Um, obviously, we've seen you from uh, probably most known from your top fives that took yeah. the world by storm. It's quite <laughs> funny how we, we always try and like snowball ideas to get guests on uh, from around the world. And I was actually doing a coaching course and it was to do with world rugby. 
and you came up, and I was like, oh, it'd be yep. so much fun to try and get Sean Maloney on. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's funny. It's funny the um, with those top five, those top five spots that I used to do. So that was twenty. 13 and 2014 and the only reason I stopped doing them was because I ran out of different categories to try and tap into we'd had them every week for a 35 week season so yeah so there was 70 of them I ended up doing and some landed more than others but the great thing about that was there was buy-in from players so like I'd get random messages on Twitter from you know for use Joe Rokothoko as an example or you know a gun from South Africa who would sort of reach out and be like, oh, you should use this bit. So there was this real interaction with not just fans, but players and teams as well. And the whole idea of it was to sort of give rugby, I don't know, it went against everything that rugby, I guess, punditry had previously ticked off on. It was very anti, you know, sitting down and speaking over Olay in a measured voice uh, and, I, and I still maintain that there's a real scope there for content that engages kids as well I'm a massive fan of trying to come up with ideas and creative that engages kids because once you get them going and enjoying it then they're pulling parents into the mix and then they are oh, this is okay and away you go so it was mate it was a lot of fun it really was across that period of time and, and still people like you would check me and go, oh, mate, what about bringing back the um, the top fives? It's like, oh, I would, but I think I've done them all. Ah, there's, there's tons. Trust me. I started doing a series on uh, TikTok and it, it's, I call it Here Comes a Hot Stepper and it has that famous yeah. song behind it. Yeah. And people are like, is it ever going to stop? Like, no, because there's always someone <laughs> going to step someday in a game actually to find it. So... It's kind of... And you can and you can also never have too much any kamozi. I mean, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, I'm at that weird age where I've now got the younger generation. Can I say that? I'm only 23, but yeah, the younger generation asking me what song it is, and I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, I did a I did lend a hand to a mate the other day for a for a uh, little trivia burst at a, at a corporate day and they didn't know the opening line of the words to um, Africa from Toto. It's like, that's an iconic song. How does no one in this room know Toto Africa? It's kids oh, these man. days, masters. Kids these days, buddy. Exactly. I think the first time I felt slightly old was, must have been about October time. Somebody put, just commented, who's your favourite player of all time? And I obviously rattled off at like your Dan Carters, your Richard McCaws, and all that, but my first ever idol of the sport was Chris Patterson, the Scottish fullback. Oh, I know and Chris Patterson, yeah, people, of course. See the amount of people that said, who's that? I was like, no, 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 surely not. I'm not having this. Life, life comes at you quick, mate. Life comes at you real quick when you're a professional athlete. You're out the back door. Super fast. It, it, mate, it was, he's, isn't he a legend of Scottish rugby? Like an absolute legend? Yeah. Over 100 caps. The most points. Yeah. Top point scorer. Uh, the mums love him because I'm sure he did a topless calendar years ago. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I no, did. Um, I do. I do a bit of work with uh, Dan Parks, who obviously used to play fly half for uh, Scotland and holds the record. I think for the most 
drop goals for Scotland as well. He would have played with with Chris for sure as yeah. well. We actually had Dan on the show just before Christmas and absolutely. Oh, top. ripper! Yeah, yeah, champion, mate. He's that. a ripper. Yeah, really good fella. Um, just a fun one for you, Sean. If you could pick anyone to join you on commentary or even punditry, who would be your ideal setup? I'd go Will Ferrell. I'd have him in there with me, no question. I'd have Will Ferrell. It would that would be my dream to be able to commentate alongside someone who knows nothing of the game but could make it hilarious for every single one of those eighty minutes. Like that would just be the absolute dream. So Will Ferrell first, and then if we're talking rugby uh, ex-players and, and that kind of thing. Mate, I've been so lucky with the people that I've been paired up with. So I've got Andrew Mertens, obviously, at the moment that I do the show with and commentate with everyone at Stan. So Timmy Horan's won a couple of World Cups. He's a ripper. Morgan Turinui is part of this newer brigade that's coming through. Uh, not as many test matches as someone like Timmy Horan, but the way he articulates the game and his uh, turns of phrase are really good. Got me Justin Harrison, who you would know from famously picking off the British and Irish Lions back in 01. Uh, so we've got a really strong team. And then even at Fox, I was lucky to work with guys like Rod Kafer, George Gregan, uh, Phil Kearns, Greg Martin. Like I had a, uh, I've had a really charmed run on that front. And then on the seven side of stuff that I've done, uh, really lucky to work with a guy named Carl Tanana, who's a New Zealand Sevens legend, who was the voice, the expert voice of Sevens for many years until COVID sort of set everything back on that front. So, mate, I, I honestly, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't slip or trade any of those guys. Uh, even through the World Cup, when I commentated the World Cup in 2019, I had Martin Williams, the Welsh legend, and he was a champion too. So, mate, I've been, I've been lucky. I don't think there are too, I don't think there are too many bad, options or bad uh, people in rugby. I think across the board, they're all really top women and top blokes. Yeah, I mean, from what from the people we've been lucky enough to sit down and chat to, they're all very, I, I'd use the term special, just because mm. there's been times, I always want us to try and have three hosts on for the regular episodes. And when one of us can't do it for whatever reason, obviously we all have lives away from this as well I'll just drop a message to one of our previous guests and it's like oh if you gave me like another hour notice I could have done it no problem and I'm like mm. bad these are professional athletes but you're happy to do that just yeah amazing. yeah no they're um they always seem, seem to find time mate it's 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 a special sport on that front and I don't think it's much of a stretch either to be able to catch people or bring them in as guests from any corner of the globe, you know, if, if they're available, like you say, chances are they'll have a crack. Yeah, I mean, we've been very fortunate, especially with the the Southern Hemisphere, we've been blessed almost. Like, we've got you, and like we we absolutely adore you over here. We've just had, we've just spoke down, uh, sat down and spoke to uh, Jackson Darn Bashet. We've had Michaela Blyde on the show. We've had Dan Parks, mm. like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Just brilliant. Well, when you're wearing a Western Force jersey and you've got a Wallabies one hanging behind you, it's hard to say no, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I collect jerseys, so I always try and find <laughs> ones for the... like the If we have players on, get the jerseys of who they played for or played for. 
it's high, kind of harder for for a commentator. <laughs> so I went for the name. Yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm very happy with the Wallaby Gold. That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. And this is my only Aussie club jersey I've got as a Western Force. So it'll do too. That'll do. I do have rugby league ones, but I don't think you do league. No, 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 no. We can leave leave them in the drawer. <laughs> we don't need we don't we don't need those. Um. So tell us about your your latest podcast. Uh, the latest podcast. So this is the one we're doing. So the way that Stan's set up here, I'm not sure what would be similar in your corner, but Stan is a streaming service in Australia that kind of landed. I'll probably go four or five years back and then made the jump into sport. So Stan Sport became a thing. And part of that was rugby. So Stan bid for the rights and took them off Fox Sports going back to 2020, the back end of 2020. It made that jump over into that space. So our platform now is is Stan and we have, uh, mate, we have everything. So we had last weekend, Stan had Six Nations. So I watched a lot of that. Japanese Rugby League One, uh, Super Rugby Alpiki, the New Zealand women doing their thing, Super W, uh, Super Rugby Pacific. And there was one another, one or two other ones as well. They're on there. I think the URC, we've got the Premiership on there as well. So this place is just wall to wall rugby. And part of that is these are these magazine shows that we're doing. So Mertz and I do between two posts of a Monday, which has made so much fun. Little small studio set up we've got. And uh, sometimes guests, sometimes no guests. But he's just, Andrew Mertens, he's legit one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And predominantly the show's done as a sort of podcast set up. And then we bounce out the WAV file, which makes it a pod. And it's the pod's going really well. That's got plenty of uptick here in Australia. So we're, we're loving putting that together, which is um, which has been how many weeks? So now, Mars, I think we're probably seven weeks into the season. So it's starting to go really well. Yeah. I mean, I tried that. We try and dabble in, we call it the top five leagues in the world. So the URC, the Prem, mm-hmm. top 14 in France, Super Rugby, and Sean is a big MLR fan, so we kind of have to mention that as well. Right, okay. Yeah, no, I watch a little bit of the MLR as well. One of my really good mates is coaching the LA Guiltinis at the moment, Stephen Hoyles, and another really, really good mate uh, by a family and friend is Sam Harris, who's looking after the Austin Gilbroni. So I've got both those sides uh, pretty well sorted. And some of the footy, the, I watched the, the two of them play against each other the other day. The footy was decent. The footy was really good. Yeah, I think I tried to watch it like the first, like the inaugural season of it. And for some reason, I just couldn't catch to it. But now I'm seeing like clips and highlights and I'm like, I might have to just dip my, t- it's, my toes mate, back it's, it. it's not bad. And there'll be a lot of players that pop up. You're like, shit, oh, that's right. I remember him. Like, oh, that's where he is. So it's uh, it's good player spotting and uh, the footy, yeah, as I said, the footy's decent. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I love my Super Rugby. It's the best time of the year for me. I'm not affiliated to any teams. I can just sit back and watch. There's 12 teams now. 12 magic teams just play awesome rugby. Yeah, the Fijian sides as well, mate. The Both men and women, they've brought a lot of interest and uh, excitement to the to the comp. They've, excuse me, they've been awesome since, uh, since joining this year. But I want to... 
Pacifica haven't enjoyed as much of a uh, as a decent start, given they're up against each of those New Zealand teams and uh, the struggle to touch. But Fiji, the Fiji and the Drua have been enormous. Everyone loves watching them do their thing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been fortunate enough to see a lot. I don't think I've missed any of the rounds this far, so it has been pretty good to hear. And obviously, when we hear your good self on the commentator, it just makes it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Is there anyone in the Super Rugby that uh, maybe us over here should keep an eye out on? Uh, good question. Again, uh Mate, I can I can speak for the Aussie teams. There's there's a couple of really talented blokes coming through uh, at the Waratahs. So the Waratahs had a really ordinary year last year. They didn't win a game. They didn't look like winning a game really in many ways. So they were a long, long way off the pace. They've got a new coach who's stuck solid with a lot of those blokes and with the benefit of doing it tough in 2021, they're now getting a chance to shine with a bit more polish here. Jamie Roberts is at the Waratahs, the Welsh legend, uh, and he's helped bring on some of these guys. So he's not too much of a, a smoky, as we call him, but Izzy Parisi, I think, has the potential to be one of the most exciting rugby players in the world. He's just so powerful, so quick. Uh, so well balanced in contact, so aggressive, so abrasive. He chases work, and he's just he's just excitement wall to wall. He's he's such a good player. So Izzy Parisi would be one. I would say is is going a long way. I'd suggest at a test level. Who else has sort of come out from uh, the t- Will Harris, the number eight, very very good player. So he's a big ball running number eight. We haven't had too many of those in recent years, sort of since. Wycliffe Palu left a while back. So now I've got Harry Wilson, Rob Valentini, and Will Harris, all three who are putting their hands up in that position. And and one other guy is a guy who's now come back to Aussie rugby through the Waratahs again is Jed Holloway, who I think will potentially play test match rugby against England in July. He has just been massive, massive. And if he got thrown in against England, he would not go backwards. He would be able to... He'd muscle up against uh, the Utojas and the rest of them with with no no issue or concern. Well, I know who I'm backing in the July Yeah, season. thank you, mate. Yeah, well, we can definitely agree on that. That's that's good news. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We, we've got Harv. He, Harv is English on the show, but okay. He, I mean, he backed France last week, so that tells you everything. <laughs> it does. It says a lot about him. <laughs> um. What did you think of the Six Nations overall? Because we always like oh, to hear what yeah, yeah. Southern Hemisphere think. Uh, look, some of the games were absolute rubbish. I, I, I don't mind saying that some of the games were just pure pure binge-use. They were no good. But the ones, and, and obviously that extends across all tournaments, but uh, you get good and bad. But the games, when the games were on, the games were on and they were fantastic. They were so good. The, I know that it didn't end well for your men, but just the way that France played that game against Scotland, you know, afternoon test match, some yeah. of those tries were just so pure. Like you wouldn't care. I almost think if they were putting that sort of performance, the French uh, up against Australia in a similar condition, like in a similar way, 
you kind of just sit back and go, well, our guys aren't even playing that badly. It's just this other mob that good. They're embracing yeah. how rugby should be played and they are, they are killing it. So that game jumped out at me. Um, obviously, I saw Italy pop Wales on the weekend. I don't know enough about Welsh rugby to know that people would be, um, I think people not too happy with the coach at the moment. So I think that that will be interesting to see how that plays out with Pivac. Uh, what was the other, on the Island-France game, that was, I mean, that could have been a World Cup final and I would have been happy with that. That was just an absolute ripper of a match. So, so you liked Mark Hansen's try then? I did, mate. I actually, um, I actually caught up with him. So Mac obviously used to be at the Brumbies and was just, he's just a, I don't even know how to describe, he's just a, He's just a strange dude, a really likable off-centre, uh, yeah. out-there kind of guy. So to see him go over there and go as well as he has has just been epic. I've just been so happy for him. We actually got him on the on our show and uh, he was at his weird best and just awesome to see him flying over there with Ireland like so many have when they've gone to that corner of the globe. Yeah, I mean, mate, just hang on, just, just sorry, mate, just hang on a sec. You can keep going. I've got, I've got a new pup which is who's just outside. I know, I've got to bring the pup in, and he's going to keep <laughs> scratching the door. Come on, buddy, come on. Yeah, he's only five. He's only five months, so he's um, brilliant. He's only uh, he's only new to it. He's he doesn't like being on his own. Come on, yeah, come up. Otherwise, he's going to bark all the way through. Come here. No problem. No, he's fine. Um, sorry. So yeah. So mate, I, it's been awesome seeing um, seeing Matt go well, and I just like that we've got that additional exposure now for the Six Nations ahead of these July series as well. So we've got a good reference point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's another thing we've got in common. We we actually got Mac on the show very early on after his debut. Okay. And. Uh, it became a weird thing with our show when we, because obviously we record in advance for some bits and bobs, but when we had guests on, guests would say something and then it would happen. It was almost like we were predicting the future. Okay. It was very, very, okay. very strange and very bizarre. Um, I'll need to send you the video. I think there's like seven or eight guests we've had and something, and then it happens and I'm like, okay, who's next? So it's becoming a running okay. joke that we just need I guess to say something, anything, and it pick up on it, and it'll it'll happen. Well, maybe we should maybe we should discuss how I should be getting a pay rise at Stan, and let's hope that that comes to fruition. There we go. You'd have to let me know now. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, got some quick fire questions for you now. Just not most of them have nothing to do with rugby, but it's to get to cool. know the man, Sean Maloney. Okay. So, favorite pizza topping. Oh, that's that's easy. There's the, the, oh, there's no uh, that's a bit of a no contest, mate. Um, prosciutto, there's, you can't go wrong. Fair enough. Favorite beer? <laughs> All of them. I don't have a preference, <laughs> mate. Beers, beers might be, has become my Achilles heel recently. I've been off. I've been off beer for uh, since probably just before Christmas. I had a really bad. You won't you won't know this because you're too young to have to deal with it. But I got gout really badly, and gout is one of the most painful things any man or woman could ever go through. 
And as a result, I had to cut right back on beers, beer and red wine and prawns, you know, beautiful, fresh Australian prawns, fresh field. So that all went out the, out the window. So it's been a slow return on the beer front for me, but I've got no preference because I just love them all so much. That's fair. Um, what is your favourite downtime hobby? So away from the sport of rugby. Yeah, surfing. Mazda uh, loves surfing. I'm a huge a uh, huge fan of getting out in the water. I find it such a, an equalizing experience and I'm getting, I'm getting much better at it. I ride a long board. It's a big, big board. It needs to be to float my frame, but Matt, I love, love surfing. Don't, we can't surf over here. We don't get a nice I know. Or the weather for I didn't want to rub, I didn't want to rub it in. <laughs> I'll just cry about it later. It's all good. <laughs> um, favorite song. I've been listening recently to, it's funny, the bands I've been listening to at the moment have been uh, around 2000. So you, you wouldn't even have, I would have only sort of just been born or around about, did you say you're only 23? Yeah, I'm 23. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of the music I like, you weren't even born when they, when when the singles came out, we're going back into some old 2000s bands some 1990s dance stuff, but my favourite song of all time, it would be something from Coldplay. I think uh, I think Sparks from Coldplay. It's a bit melancholy, but it's just a beautiful little song. Sparks from Coldplay. I, I like 90s and early 2000s rock and dance and all that. So Yeah, I know, but you weren't born when they came out. That's the thing. That's the kicker. That's what's making me feel old. Nah, fair. <laughs> fair enough. Um, <laughs> oh, anything from Will Ferrell. Uh, old school, his cameo in Wedding Crashes. Uh, anything anything with Will Ferrell in it. I, I love that guy. I just can't stop smiling when he's on screen. He's the best. Quickly, just because you said you wanted to commentate with Will, mm. does it have to be just Will Ferrell or does it have to be in one of his iconic characters? Uh, <laughs> I, I would love having Burgundy in the in the box with me. I actually watched Anchorman yesterday. It's funny you bring that up. I watched Anchorman yesterday, which is one of my all-time favourite uh, flicks. That, that might be the, the number one Will Ferrell movie. That might be my favourite movie of all, of all time. Uh, character, which one would you go, though? Like Ricky Bobby <laughs> Please, from yeah. Talladega Nights. He'd be good. I just need I just need him just playing dumb all the way through because he just does it so well. I think the top three I'd go for is Burgundy, Ricky Bobby, or yeah. just a, just a Step Brothers character. I think that's brilliant. Step Brothers. Oh, if he <laughs> if he rocked up as Brennan, it would break me. <laughs> oh, that'd be the best. I'm just I'm just drifting off thinking about how good it would be to have him as part of that. <laughs> It'd be the best. Might have to be a late Aaron though. It might be not very PG, but it's fine. Yeah, no, no. You'd want him. You'd want him off the chain. You'd, you wouldn't want any restrictions in there. You just want him just going for it, just yeah. spitballing all the way through. Could you keep a straight face during it? No, no chance. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face when I'm watching him on my flat screen here in Australia, and he's on the other side of the world. No way. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, who is your inspiration and why? Oh wow! Uh, I go, I go, my mum. She's, uh, I go, mum. 
I think mum would be would be the inspiration. She she sets the she has forever set the I guess the bar and for me just in life. So I'd go mum. Fair enough. Well well mum's my mum's a big supporter of me. Doesn't listen there to me, go. but but yeah. no, I don't think the... mine does either, but I don't even think mine knows what I do for a job, but hey, I know if it does go pear shape, she'll be there for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mentioned the word rugby to my mum and I get the old eye roll <laughs> and all that. <laughs> Not that again. Um, <laughs> sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Every every day of the week, sunset with a cold beer. You can't, we, you can, but kind of frown on to have a, have a frosty one when the sun comes up. Sunset. Fair. Um, I think I already know the answer, but cats or dogs? Yeah. Uh, Actually, I think this dog thinks it's a cat, so I kind of have the best of both worlds. No, I'm a dog. I'm a dog man, mate. I'm a dog. I'm a dog guy. I tell you, I um, oh no, he's um, he. We got him just before. We got him just before Christmas last year, and I thought having a kid was hard work, but a puppy. Is just hell because when you've got a kid, when I mean, as you know, when you've got a kid, they can't move anywhere. They they're kind of stuck in the one spot. They can't chew through a power cable, for example, because they can't move through the power cable. This thing, this thing's <laughs> like a land shark. So when the land shark gets moving, it's lights out and everything's fair game. His name's Seal. We named him after our favourite spot on. Uh, the north coast here in New South Wales, Seal Rocks, which is just this gorgeous little spot. But um, as much as we love him, he just sends us around the bed. And he's just, <laughs> just since we've been on the phone, he's jumped up onto the bed and started ripping out the, the underlay from the bed behind me. So that's going well. That'll be uh, fun to clean up later. Yeah. Dogs, still dogs. I like dogs. Yeah. You didn't sell it there, but yeah, definitely still dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely dogs. <laughs> Favourite dessert? Uh, creme caramel, creme caramel. There's there's not much better than a well put together creme caramel. Oh, sounds really nice. I could have you're that for breakfast. I could have, I could have that with my sunrise. I could have that with my sunrise, no problem. Oh, you're just making you're just setting the scene. It's a good thing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan Shark or Nick Macaro? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Sharpie's like one of the most decorated wallabies of all time, and he's an absolute champion. McArdle's also a champion, but uh, Nathan Sharp, even even Nick McArdle would want to be Nathan Sharp more than Nick McArdle would want to be Nick McArdle, and I'm the same. So Nathan Sharp. Fair enough, fair enough. And last one for the quick fire: Who is winning Super Rugby Pacific? Uh, Brumbies. Brumbies, I think Brumbies have the potential to go all the way. And I think the Reds will really push to I think the Tars are a little too fresh. Uh, a couple of injuries could really set them back just in terms of the depth. But these other sides have got um, got really good depth now, mate. The, the Brumbies and the Reds have been the the best of the super rugby teams here in Australia for, for a few years now, probably the last three years, I'd say. So 
I'll go with the Brumbies narrowly over the Reds, knowing that we're going to have that crossover coming in April with the New Zealand teams who will ask plenty of other different questions. But I, I don't foresee the same level of blowouts or the same lopsided scorelines that we saw last year between the Aussies and the New Zealand teams. I really do think the Aussie sides are coming up a long, long way. Yeah, I hope so anyway, because... I was really looking forward to the crossover lap, the Trans-Tasman last year, and it mm. flat for me. I still love yeah. the tournament, but it was just that like... Didn't, that didn't go well. No, did not. The draw, mate, like there, was a, there were a lot of contributing factors to why I think the Aussie teams went so poorly through that. Like even, even when you look at the fact that the week, it was, there was no gap between the end of AU finishing and Tasman starting. The week after, I think the Brumbies were in Christchurch, having had played, you know, this game that went down to the 84th minute the week previous in that final at Suncorp. So they were on the road over over to there. Or it might have been the Reds, whoever it was. One of the two winning teams had to play the Crusaders over there. There were back-to-back matches in New Zealand for the for one of those two teams. It just, the draw, everything just fell apart. It was... It wasn't great. It won't happen that way around in 2022. No chance. No. I hope not, because I do like to... I do love Super Rugby. We've said this the whole time. And I do want to see just bloody good, close encounters. Yeah, I think you'll get them this year, Miles. I think you'll be sweet. Well, I'll, I'll keep you to that. If, if the star's going to touch up, you'll get a message, Sean. You, you, know, you know where to find me. You know where to get me. Um... I'm just trying to think now, just because it's so good. How do you... I've got... There's an idea that's been in my head since this man returned to Australia. I don't know if it'll ever happen because the one he has to overtake isn't slowing down anytime soon. I would love to see James O'Connor captain the Wallabies. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't... I can't speak for him, but I don't... I think he's at his best when he's not captaining teams. I really do. I think he's at his best when he's not captaining sides. He's, he intentionally uh, said to Brad Thorne at the start of this year with the Queensland Reds that he didn't want to be the boss there. And then in order for him to be Wallaby's captain, he'd have to be the in front of Michael Hooper. And I'm... I'm an unabashed Michael Hooper fan. Like um, he's my guy, and I've seen what he's put into into rugby and how much of a toll it's taken on his body over such a long period of time. And he's been through some dark times. And now that we're starting to turn the corner, I think he's the man to lead them into those greener fields. And I, yeah, I, I don't even. I'm not even sold on the fact that JOC would want to be captain anyway. No, that's fair. I think it, the my idea for it was more the perfect redemption story, and that's all gotcha. I was backing. Yeah, that's all I was backing. Gotcha. He um, mate, he got his, he got a large chunk of that redemption when he scored the match winning try for Queensland against the Brumbies in the Super Rugby AU final last year in front of forty five thousand up at Suncorp. So he's mate, he's. He's redeemed in Australia. He's he's well and truly redeemed. He's he's back and in the mix, and people people certainly love JOC. There's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I've always been a fan of, of JOC, to be honest. There is one man at the red just got everyone talking. He's, and he's so young, so it's frightening. It's Jordan Pattaya. Oh, it's funny you mention him. We had him on our uh, we had him on our other show that we do Thursday. So we had him on yesterday, and he's such a he's such a softly spoken, shy, humble kid. I mean, he's still he's still just a kid, but uh, he has now locked in for. Sorry, man. I got I got to I got to do it again. I got to okay. I got to try and, I got to try and get the. The land shark just to chill out a touch. Boy. <laughs> and he knows he's done the wrong thing because he just starts running when, when yeah. I stand up out, yeah. outside. Be back. Um, so, yeah, so we had Geordie on yesterday and super humble, always deflecting from himself. And then it runs right against sort of who he is as a player because every as you say every time he touches the ball you kind of just hold your breath in anticipation because every carry is so uh, damaging in many ways he's just he's brilliant he's he's a, he's a prodigy you know he's so good so he's locked away to 2024 now and he's looking more and more settled at fullback with Queensland so I'd suggest we might be seeing him they're in national colours down the track as well. They have to do a big job of uh, supplanting Tom Banks, but you know, Jordy Pattaya is uh, he's he's just he's just talent. That's what he is. He's just talent. He is, and he's twenty-one, which is second and crazy. It's uh, crazy. Um, what's your the what is your favourite game you've ever worked at and went to as a fan? Ah, uh, the favourite game I've I've worked at. I commentated the England All Blacks World Cup semi final in 2019. So I was at uh, Yokohama, and it's hard to describe how manic that first 95 odd seconds were. Like when you, when you had the you had England pull the ring on the Harker. Yeah. So there was there was that iconic moment, which was just that it's it's really hard to put into words what had played out there because the crowd didn't know what was going on, we didn't know what was happening. It was deafening, like it was just so loud there, and you could just feel the electricity in the stadium. There was just this surge of adrenaline that went through everyone. It, it was a really unique experience, and then obviously. From the kickoff, England were just so methodical and perfect in the lead up to that first try that Tuolangi scored. It was, I mean, it was almost the, it was almost a perfect ninety seconds of rugby for that opening try, and then you know they hung on. So that was that was probably well, I thought it couldn't get any better than that. And then uh, was there a week later to commentate South Africa winning? So when Cheslin uh, and actually when Makazoli and both Cheslin score those two tries, being able to commentate them in that run to the line, sort of untouched in the end was just, it was magic, mate. So I'd say one of those two games was the best to commentate. Best game that I've been to would have been, and I'm trying to think of the last time I went to a Wallabies game or a Super Rugby game just as a fan. I'd probably have to go all the way back. You know what? My first test match I went to with my old man was an afternoon game 
between the Wallabies and South Africa in 93 at the Sydney Football Stadium. That was special. So I'll go that one. Yeah, you always forget. Your, you always remember your first. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Especially when it's an afternoon match, even better again. Yeah, my first taste of Murrayfield, my dad lied to me. He said we were going to do something that sounded, I can't remember what it was. We're going, we're going to Edinburgh, but we're going to do this. And then we got on a, tr- a bus and so far into the journey, he goes, right, shut your eyes and keep them shut until I tell you to open them. So I'm now sitting on a bus in the city of Edinburgh <laughs> with my eyes shut, not having a clue what, what we're doing. We get to the ground and obviously he goes, right, open and it, Murrayfield. And I think I just burst into yeah. tears. How good. How good. I like that. I like that a lot. That also might have been a good play, play and ploy from him just to have you just keep your mouth shut for the trip because you don't speak as much when you're under a blindfold. That's well well played from the old man. Yeah. Doesn't do it now. Get, he's doesn't get a, a word in nowadays. We're, we're season pass holder. <laughs> so I think it's our 10th or 12th, 10th or 11th year. Wow. Every game at Morrisfield. And I wow. never get told. Just oh, magic games, magic memories, and I think it's going to be three generations very, very soon. I think the wee I'm ones. Could glad be. to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So it should be. Make it four and five. Mm, plenty of time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got any advice for younger people that want to get into rugby media or sport media in general? Yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do. Um, if you don't make it happen, no one will do it for you. So you've you've got to, mate. You got to work. You got to work hard, and you've got to be seen to be working hard. And no one will ever give you anything in this game ever. No one's ever going to gift wrap. I mean, why would you be gift wrapped the chance to commentate sport? Like it, it just doesn't happen that way. So um, if you want it to, if you want it to come to be then you have to to do it yourself and the other thing as well is that you'll you'll run into people that maybe don't don't share the same uh, how do I describe this because because it's such a subjective career choice obviously some people are going to like what you do and others are not going to like what you do but you can't compromise uh, your own personality or who you are. If I had have listened to some people previously, uh, we wouldn't be sitting here talking like this about, you know, the top five stuff or the fact that we got to commentate a World Cup final because I would have bowed to their perceived um, thought on what should work and what, what the right way to do it is. You have, to, you have to commit to being yourself all the way through and you've got to live and die on it. And eventually, at some point, someone who does like your style will pull you in and take you along for the ride, and then that ride will inevitably come to an end. Like, I, I do this thinking every game that I commentate is my last. This is every podcast that I'm invited onto as a guest is my last as a commentator or a presenter because 
you just you just never know in this game because it's so subjective. We're not there crunching numbers or working hedge funds. It's all open to interpretation. It's all subjective. So, mate, that's why I, I channel the energy into it the way I can because you don't know how much longer you can do it for. Yeah, well said. Final question. And we need the Shoot. energy. We need the energy. We're going to roll back the clock. We need a Sean Maloney top five greatest rugby <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> well, this is going to be at this is going to be at the top, doesn't it? This is this is number one. That's up isn't to it? You. Isn't 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 that the way we're going with it? Yeah, this this can be number one, yeah, uh, mate. I. <laughs> I I do listen to I do listen to them to rugby podcasts uh, sporadically just to stay in touch with. I, I really like hearing different voices in the game as well, so I listen to them um, sporadically. But I mean, when I think I think final whistle, I think number one. You know, that's that is the only way that this can go. I mean, you could have said yours. Nah. No, no, I'll let Mertz do that. I'll never talk up my own podcast. I'll never, I don't even, I don't, I, yeah, I would never do, I would never dream of doing that. Like, there's a lot of people down here in Australia who, I know, I know rugby's big in the UK, obviously, and I know that there's plenty of scope and there's plenty of space for each of you to have your own podcast. Down here, we've got like, it, it's a much smaller group, and these guys and girls are super passionate and, they really throw in to their podcast. So I, I will shout out to each and every one of them. They all know who they are, for what they do for rugby in Australia, because it's, it's not like where you are, mate. There's, it's a lot, it's a lot narrower the field, I guess. So they do a good job down here on that front. I think rugby connection needs to maybe take over down under then. Hopefully, well, there you go. We can, you can. Good luck trying to muscle into the, the like a mafioso down here. They're each they're like the five families. It might be tough. It might be tough to crack into. They might send you on your way. They might body bag you guys. I mean, if they could just keep me, that's fine. I'll. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. I um, I've got I've got this one as number one. I'll we'll take that any day of the week. This, there you go. this has been the final whistle with Sean Maloney and we will see you next time.